It's 4 o'clock and time for the Calvary Live Show, taking your calls and questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus. The number to call is 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. And welcome to Calvary Live on this Tuesday afternoon. It is the 10th day of January 2017, and my name is Jeff Figgs. I am in studio, uh, ready to take your calls live. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I'm usually with you on Tuesday afternoons, and it's such a pleasure to be with you again as uh, we take calls uh, from you, the listener, 89.7 in northern Colorado, and then also uh, in 101.7 in Southern Colorado. Love to hear from you. Uh, I'm glad you're tuned in today, and I pray that you are doing well as people are going back to work, people are going back to school, and uh, whether you're in your car uh, and you are um, you know, driving in traffic or whether you're uh, at the gym or whether at home listening on the radio, at work, wherever you're at, I pray that today's show will be a blessing to you, and it's an opportunity for you to call in and ask questions concerning the Bible, uh, concerning Christian living. Uh, Maybe perhaps there's some uh, current events around. You wonder, how do we respond to those things as a Christian? And and, uh, maybe you need prayer. And certainly as we start a new year, so many people are requesting for prayer that have talked to me and asking for prayer, and if that's you, we'd love to pray with you and encourage you uh, in any way. And so give me a call. The number to call is 303-690-3000. I want you to remember that you, the listeners, are the ones that really make this show. This show is uh, for you who not just call in, but for everyone who's listening. And there is a means to text in at 720-336-0897, and you can text in a question if you're in a safe place, and if we have time to be able to take those text questions, we certainly will answer them. And there's some very good text questions, or perhaps you want to text in and ask for prayer, and uh, we certainly will pray for you, whether we're able to read it online or not. This is an opportunity for you to be ministered to you, to be encouraged. We want to give you the truth of God's Word, but the heart of this ministry is to share the love of Jesus Christ to encourage you in the things of God, uh, to talk about the things that are important to you. So 303-690-3000, we do have open lines, so you can call, and the guys will be taking your calls, and um, and we'll see what the Lord has for us today. I do want to encourage you in God's Word, and I want to encourage you uh, as we enter into a new year, as I read from the book of Revelation, And in the book of Revelation, chapter 2, Jesus was writing a letter to the church at Ephesus. And in that uh, church, he was encouraging them to love the Lord and uh, to return to their first love. And so um, I just want to read that passage to you. And in that passage, uh, he says, To the angel of the church at Ephesus writes these things, says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of of the seven golden lampstands. And it brings me great comfort to know that Jesus is one that has me in his hands. And he has you as well. Because in John chapter 10, he says that uh, his sheep hear his voice and follow him. And we are in his hands and no one can pluck us out of his hand. 
Uh, you're in good hands. You're in his hands. And that brings me great comfort, but also to know that he walks in the midst of seven golden lampstands. And in the previous verse, as you end chapter 1, he tells us that the seven lampstands you saw are the seven churches. And it brings me comfort to know that Jesus walks in the midst of our church. And in all the churches, he's there. He cares about the church. He's the foundation of the church. He's the head of the church. He walks in the midst of the church. So the church is very important to him. But he goes on and he says, I know your works. And I want to encourage you that he knows your works. Sometimes people think, oh, I know how they work or what they're all going through. But Jesus knows every detail of what you go through in your labor and that you're patient, he says to them. You cannot bear those things which are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my namesake and have not become weary. So this was a working church. They were faithful. You can look at the church of Ephesus from the time that Paul started it in about 54 A.D. up until the end of the first century when this letter is being written and uh, by Jesus to the pastor of the church at Ephesus. You can see just a great, great history that's there. And they were a church that was standing on truth at this time. They were working. They had tested those and found those who were false to be false. Um, you could look at this church from the outside and say, this is a great church. They got ministry going on. They got all kinds of things that are going on. But he said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. And that's what I pray, that we would never forget that we would leave our first love. He didn't say you lost it, you left it. And so remember from which you have fallen is what Jesus says, that remember, you know, those first works, how when you first came to Christ, uh, how excited you were about the things of the Lord, growing in God's word, worshiping him. Go back and do those things if you're not doing them. Repent, turn direction, and then uh, what you are to do is um, you are to, you know, remember from which you have fallen. That's uh, the first one. Remember, repent, and then do those first works. Uh, return is what you're to do. So keep in mind that as we work this year, as you're going back to work, going to school, ministering, don't leave your first love. Stay close to him. Continue to um, love him. Continue to know him. Continue to draw close to him. Grow in your intimacy and closeness with Jesus Christ. And um, and don't leave that first love. Let's stay in that place. And uh, And I pray that's an encouragement to you. So thank you. 303-690-3000. All right, let's go to phone lines. Uh, let's go to line one to Bianca. How are you Hi. doing, Pastor Jeff? Good, Bianca. How are you? I'm doing so-so, but before okay. I get to my prayer request, I do want to mention that we are in the midst of our Pray for Israel event so I don't know if we can start out by praying for Israel first before we get into my other prayer request. Okay. I think I'll get started and you can finish off. Sure. Father in heaven, as we are in the midst of our Pray for Israel event right now, I just want to pray for 
everything that's going on in Israel, Lord, because I know that they've been getting a lot of attacks and it's just ongoing, but I know that you have a promise in all of that, Lord. And so I just want to pray for the peace of Israel, not just Jerusalem, but but really all of Israel, because I know it's your will for us to do, Lord. And I just pray that that you touch the ministries in Israel out there to do your will, Lord, as you have called each of us to do as well, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And, Father, I do pray um, for the ministry that you've given to Bianca. And um, I just pray that you would bless her and encourage her. And, Lord, that uh, you would continue to use her. And even as Paul said that he went through different seasons, we go through different seasons of our lives and in our ministry. And I just pray that it would be a season coming for Bianca of growth and um, of closeness and um, just peace and comfort that you would work that in her, that you would bless her in every way. You know exactly what she's going through. You know exactly where her heart is and and um, and what she's going through um, in the things that uh, are difficult and hard. And I just pray that uh, your grace would be sufficient for her and your love be poured out on her. And, Lord, that she would just uh, come to know you more and, and uh, closer and uh, to sense your presence in a very real way. Bless her ministry uh, as she has a heart to pray for your people, Israel. She has a ministry to encourage others. And, Lord, I just pray that uh, she would be steadfast and immovable, knowing that our labor in you is not in vain, uh, that you would just continue to encourage her through the word and through your Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, my prayer request was just that I was feeling a bit overwhelmed just by a lot of things that have been going on in my life. I know we, you kind of already prayed along that direction, but just... Keep it in prayer and, and, and you know, yeah, Bianca <laughs> and I will, and you know, I do pray for you, and I just I want to encourage you because we can feel overwhelmed, and the Lord knows what you're going through, Bianca, and the things that are taking place, and um, you know, it, it reminds me of the Lord uh, when He would say to the multitudes that don't worry. Um, you know, about life and what we dress and, and uh, what we eat. And, you know, it isn't always about what we eat and what we dress and all of that. <laughs> uh, w- with me, it's I got plenty to eat. It's usually what I shouldn't be eating. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, there are things in our lives that weigh us down, just the cares of life and, um, and the cares of this world and the, the difficulties and uh, the hardships that come. And when Jesus was saying that, he s- said to them, you know what need um, the Father does, the the needs that you have. He knows everything about you. He knows 
uh, how to take care of the sparrows. He knows how to clothe the lilies of the field. And he knows how to take care of us. And then he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. This is from Luke chapter 12. And then he says um, to us, as he gives words of comfort in Luke chapter 12, he says to them, I want to read it to you, that do not fear, little flock, for it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And I really love that. That that right there just gives me comfort because it's a term of endearment. You know, the good shepherd, Jesus, is saying, you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be strangled. You know, you don't have to be cast down, anxious, and all of that. You know, don't fear, little flock, because I'm the good shepherd, and it's your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And And it isn't that we earn it. It isn't that we're worthy of it. It's the Father's delight to give you the kingdom. And um, and that's what I got to hang on to, that I'm his son. When I get weighed down, I think for me, um, it may be different for you, Bianca, but I think probably perhaps for a lot of people that are listening, you know, I, I've talked to many people over the last couple of weeks that with the new year, they can become anxious and things weigh on them. And challenges and difficulties and i know that i feel that way as another year of ministry and and i just got to remember that i need to seek him first that he's faithful um that uh it's the father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom and um and he desires for us to keep our eyes on him and so i'm going to be praying for you bianca for your ministry and god's going to see you through and he's going to bless you (laughs) And, uh, yeah, and, and you know, I didn't choose this ministry, or rather the Lord, I guess in a way, I know it's the Lord that has entrusted it to me, and and I know it's not easy at all, and, and honestly, I did not, you know, get into it because I thought it was going to be easy. I, I'm actually doing it because it's something that my heart, that the Lord put on my heart to do. And so, right. and I it, believe the Lord's going to use this ministry in really powerful ways ways eventually and i know i just have to wait that waiting is the hard part um (laughs) you know but we have to learn to wait and trust in him and um and he will see us through because whenever god is working the enemy is working too i think (laughs) one of the ways that he works is bringing that discouragement he's the accuser of the brethren he accuses us day and night and i know for me I can just get those thoughts of inadequacy and insecurities and um, all these other things that, you know, after 25 years of being in ministry, you would think that I'd be past it. But, you know, the enemy just loves to, you know, mess with our heads to come against us. And then we have the, the other things of life that come against us and we can get discouraged. And that's why it's important that we pray for each other and encourage one another. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, and to remember that the Lord sees us and he knows us and uh, he hears us and uh, he's going to be faithful to us. Yeah, well, I better go to leave room for other callers, but I know that there 
are people probably still tuning in, so if you wouldn't mind just in the second half, remind people that we are in the midst of our Pray for Israel event right now. Okay, I sure will. Thanks, Bianca. Take care. You too. Always good to hear from Bianca. We have open phone lines. Give me a call at 303-690-3000 to be on the air. And there is a means for you to be able to text in a question. And that number is 720-336-0897. Let me give you that text line again and be in a safe place where you can text. That number is 720-336-0897. I want to read to you from the book of Revelation, chapter 2. It's a portion of scripture that I went over with my congregation on the 1st of January. And now that we find ourselves in the second week of January, people are back to work. The holiday season is over. Uh, Kids are going back to school. Uh, We have our young people going back to the campuses. I know that uh, UNC started up here in Greeley. And I have two kids that go to UNC. And then other colleges will be starting, Ames Community College and um, some of the other universities, you're back to work. Uh, it's a time to, to move forward, to, to um, start this year uh, in a way that uh, we have the cares of life and the busyness of life. But I think this is a, a great reminder for us as we find ourselves starting a new year. And it's Jesus' letter to the church of Ephesus, and I want to read it to you. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. And that right there just blesses me because the seven stars speak of the pastors of these churches. And uh, it's good for me to know that I'm in his hand. And, of course, in John chapter 10, Jesus said that we are in his hand, that um, he is the good shepherd, and the sheep hear the voice of the shepherd and know him and follow him. And we're in Jesus' hands, and no one will pluck us out. But he also walks in the midst of seven golden lampstands. And we know from chapter 1, that's the seven churches. And it's good to know that Jesus stands in the midst of the church. And he goes on, and he says, I know your works, your labor, your patience, that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say that they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my namesake, and have not become weary. So when you read about the church of Ephesus, at this time at the end of the first century, they were a working church. They labored. It literally means labor to the point of tiredness. And uh, they were patient. They stood on truth. This was a church that you would look at and say a lot is happening. Ministry has taken place. Uh, He knows their works. He knows our works as well. He knows how hard you work as you make a living, as you raise your children in the ways of the Lord, as you're taking care of elderly parents, as you are doing the best that you can to just please the Lord with your life and, and live for him and serve him in any capacity that you do. But he said something very important. He said, Jesus, that nevertheless I have this against you, that you've left your first love. And that's something that can happen to us if we're not careful. As we get so busy, even with ministry and the cares of life and and, uh, get busy throughout the year, that our love for him begins to grow a little bit cold and distant. Uh, He didn't say that you lost it, but you've left it. 
And so what he tells us is, therefore, remember which, which you have fallen. Remember what it was like when you first came to know the Lord, how glorious it was, how free you were that um, all of a sudden uh, the guilt and the shame and all that under the blood of Jesus. Remember that. Remember what it was like when you were having devotions and worshiping the Lord and hungry for the word. Repent and go and do the first works is what Jesus says. And I pray that that's an encouragement for all of us that are listening, that as here on Calvary Live, as we talk with you, we're going to give you truth. We're going to encourage you in your ministry. We want to bless you and pray with you. That's what we want to do as we go to line two to Michelle. Hi, Pastor Jeff. How are you? I am good. How are you? I could be better. This is my first time tuning in, and the Lord placed it on my heart to call in. Good. And, um, I'm glad you did. Speak with you and seek prayer. Yes, I'd love to do that. Um, I, I'd like to seek prayer over my health, so I'm here long enough for my children. Um, I prayed and prayed over 13 years for my significant other to be right with God and get himself right with God, and he's finally gotten there um, last year. And um, we've hit some financial difficulties and roadblocks along the way. And we know that, you know, the, the devil's not happy when, when you're trying to do right and trying to right. get your family right and trying to get your kids right and on one accord with God. So um, we're just seeking prayer that, you know, everything turns out okay for us financially and as well as my health. Yeah, I'd love to pray with you. Michelle, you said that you just found, did you just find this program, Calvary Live, or did you just find Grace FM? I just sat, I was just tuning in. I was changing stations, and you came on. Well, that's great. That's wonderful. You know, I would encourage you, to, you know, Grace FM, not only this program, Calvary Live at the 4 o'clock hour, um, and we're going to pray with you and for you, but to continue to just stay tuned in to listening to the Word of God. There's so many wonderful teachers that are going to bless you as you're driving, or you can get online, Grace FM. Uh, But so many people are finding this radio station and being blessed by the teaching of the Word and, you know, programs like Calvary Live that's at 4 o'clock Tuesday through Friday. And um, continue to listen and continue to grow in the Word of God. And um, so I'm grateful that you found us. Uh, I'm grateful that uh, the Lord directed you to the, our station, uh, Grace FM, and, and I want to pray with you. So, Father, I pray with Michelle. I thank you that you directed her here. And um, I just pray that you would bless her. Um, I pray for her health. I pray that you keep her healthy enough to be able to minister to her family, to her children. And, Lord, that you give her strength that she needs. But also I pray that you give her the wisdom that she needs and direction. And, Lord, um, in all her relationships, uh, Lord, in her family, that you would uh, provide for them financially. You promise in your word that you would supply all of our needs in Christ Jesus and that you would do that for her, and that you would encourage Michelle. You would encourage her as she listens and grows in the Word of God, as she grows in her relationship with you in love. And, Lord, I pray that you would work in every way in her life and in her kids, her family, her significant other, 
um, Lord, whoever. And Lord, just you know her life. You know everything about her, that they would grow in desiring to live for you. And as they do, as they have a desire to walk in obedience, that not only is there a peace that rules in their hearts, but, Lord, that you would just encourage them, especially as the enemy will come against them, as he comes against all of us. So I just lift her up to you in, in her health and in finances and her family. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God Thank bless you. you so much. Thank you Keep so listening. Much. Okay. Okay, Michelle, keep listening. Call back. Let us know how it's going, okay? Okay, thank you. Okay, the Lord loves you. Hang on to him. Yes, yes, and I love him too. Okay, Michelle, God bless you. Have a good evening. God bless you too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Let's go to line three to Ben. Ben? Hello, how are you doing? Good, how are you? Good. So, you know, I, I have a friend from uh, from elementary. He's he's a Catholic, and you know, I, I'm Christian, uh, and uh, we always, you know, kind of have a uh, you know disagreement. You know, he's pretty. Uh, he's, how do you say it? He's pretty uh, uh, blunt about what he thinks of the of the Christian Church. Um, you know, where I I go to Calvary Chapel. You know. And, uh, uh-huh. so my, here's my question. Um, I, I was telling, he was telling me that, uh, that the, the Christian church is basically, uh, um, like, I, 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 I don't know, Satan synagogue. There you go. Right. And, and, uh, he was making some points, but, but my, but. My question is, and he was, and basically he was saying, uh, you have to go through the Catholic Church. That's the, the the new covenant with the Jew. That's the Jews and and the Gentiles right there is the Catholic Church. So I, you know, I, I just made a mention to him, like you know, I, I and and I wasn't sure. But my question to you is, isn't there somewhere in the uh, what is it the the Revelations where where it says uh, at the end times. The uh, the Jews will will call out to Christ because uh, they're about to be attacked, um, and and start believing in Christ, and He'll come and and save them in turn uh, yeah. from that wrath. And if you could give yeah. me the the, chap- the chapter of that, uh, I'll write that down a little bit. And I'm driving, so I'm going to let you speak on that. Okay. Okay. Hey Ben, there's a couple yeah. questions that you asked, so. Um, you know, you may want to follow up. I'll, I'll go ahead and speak, but we're going to come to a break in about a minute and a half. Um, and I don't know if we got music to tell us. So um, so if we go to a break, um, just keep listening, and I'm going to answer your questions in a couple ways because uh, you mentioned your friend who's Catholic and some of the things that he's saying. And then I'm going to follow up with uh, the question you asked about Israel in the last days and, and God's plan for Israel. But, you know, one of the things is you have a discussion with your Catholic friend and uh, being very respectful. You know, one of the things that you need to ask them is about, um, you know, where do you get this? Because our final authority is from the Word of God. Um, It isn't from, you know, what's on the Internet or anything like that. And as you read the New Testament, we see that the church is believers in Christ. 
Um, that's the definition of a saint. Now, I, I grew up in the Catholic Church, and so we were taught in the Catholic Church about going to the saints to pray um, the intercessory prayer. For example, go to St. Peter um, to pray for a miracle. Um, pray to this saint for this certain you know, um, thing. And we know that the New Testament says no. That's not true. There's only one mediator between God and man. That is Christ Jesus. It isn't Mary or anything else. So, you know, a a lot of what's in the Catholic doctrine is not um, biblical, purgatory, things like that. So we're going to go to a break here in just a few seconds, and I'm going to come back, and then I'm going to answer your question about the Jews crying out to Jesus. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Call us with your questions about life, the Bible, and living in Jesus right now at 303-690-3000. And welcome back to the second half of Calvary Live. My name is Jeff Figs. I pastor Calvary Chapel Greeley, and I am live in studio answering your questions. We were talking with Ben. Ben, are you still with us? Or are you still there? He may have hung up. He's driving. But he was asking a very good question about um, the Jews crying out for Jesus in the last days. And, and Ben, I just want to let you know that all throughout the Old Testament, um, there is the promise that God gave to the Jews that they would come to a place of restoration when he um, is going to usher in his kingdom. And he is going to keep that promise. Um, we know that Paul writes about in Romans chapter 11 as one reference, uh, and you want a biblical reference, so I would encourage you Actually, read chapters 9, 10, and 11 of the book of Romans. But in Romans chapter 11, Paul asks the question. He says, Has God cast away his people? Certainly not. For I also am an Israelite, the seed of Abraham, the tribe of Benjamin. And God has not cast away his people whom he foreknew. And so he goes on and he talks about God's future plan for Israel. And he says that uh, blindness has come in part to them until the fullness of the Gentile has come, and that in that day that all of Israel will be saved. That's verses 25 and 26. So it is going to happen to where, uh, and it's a prerequisite for Jesus coming back, that um, that the, the Israel is going to be isolated, um, and God is going to come, and when it seems like they're about ready to go under, Zechariah chapter 14, Joel chapter 2 talks about, uh, when the battle Armageddon comes, when the nations of the world come against Israel, against Jerusalem, that it seems like they're going under, half of Jerusalem falls, um, Zechariah chapter 14, and they will have a national fast. They will call out to the Lord. And then it says that their eyes will be open. And even Jesus talked about it in Luke chapter 13 when he's weeping over Jerusalem. Let me read it to you. He says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the one who kills the prophets and the stones, Uh, those who are sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together as a hand gathers her brood under her wings, but you were not willing. See, your house is left to you desolate, and assuredly I say to you, you shall not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. He's talking about his second coming, when they're going to realize that Jesus is their Mashiach, and at that time there's a restoration of Israel, and uh, we see that he will usher in his kingdom. So those are references. 
God's not done with his people Israel. Now concerning the church, the church is believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. A saint, a definition of a saint, is one who's a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul opens many of his epistles writing to the Christians, to the saints who are at Philippi, the saints at Colossae, the saints at Ephesus, to the saints of Rome. He calls them saints. So if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, by the biblical definition, you are a saint and you belong to the church. There's only one church. There's one body, and that is believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. So um, it isn't the Catholic Church. It isn't the Mormon Church. um, It isn't any church. Um, The church is those who have faith in Jesus Christ and the true biblical Jesus Christ and those who turn to him for salvation, repent of their sins, and are, you know, relying on him, uh, the work of the cross for salvation. That's the church. So hopefully that helps. I appreciate your question, Ben. And uh, drive safe. Have a blessed evening. Let's go to line one to Leroy. Leroy, you still with us? Hello, Pastor Jeff. Hi, Leroy. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm good. I can hear you just fine. Okay, good, good. Um, first of all, thank you for your ministry and um, all that you do. Uh, I listen to you online all the time, and uh, I go online and listen to your ministries, and they're excellent. Um, a question I have, uh, you know, my praying, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not boring. It's just, you know, I do a lot of repetitive praying, but, uh, you know, for my family and, you know, the world as a whole and, you know, friends that are having health problems, what have you. But my question, um, I want to start praying the, the Bible, and I, I've heard Psalms is a good book to start learning how to pray the Bible, but is there a specific chapter in the Psalms that I can start with? And, and how do I correlate that into my, you know, as I'm reading the Psalms, how do I correlate that into my praying? And so I'm just kind of having a little trouble there. Yeah, that's a very good question because, you know, we have prayer and intercessory prayer. We we give our supplications and requests to the Lord, and we do that. We pray for our families. We pray for, you know, people that we know. We pray for, you know, our needs. Those are all good things, but I think you hit on something that uh, is really important, um, Leroy, and that is for us to be able to share our hearts in prayer. And um, and that's, you know, sometimes I think we we get into methods of prayer and how, right. you know, and we get focused on that. To me, a very simple definition of prayer is just, you know, pouring out my heart, whether it's an intercessory prayer, um, whether it's, you know, praying for my own supplications and needs and requests to the Lord. And, and I can understand, I get what you're saying is sometimes... It can be a little bit mundane, but uh, yeah, I think mundane. that praying through the scriptures is a good thing as well. And for me, for devotions, uh, it's different for everybody who has devotions. You know, I just want to encourage our listeners out there that have a devotion time, but a devotion time is different for everybody. Some people like to do, you know, a, a through the year. Some of people I'm sure that are listening are going through a year program through the Bible, and that's a good thing for them. For me, what was important to kind of keep it from being mundane, what you're talking about, my prayer life, Uh is when I read the scriptures, whatever book it may be, Psalms is a good book, 
or I'm reading one of the epistles, as I'm reading and the Lord just speaks to me, um, that I begin to pray, you know, Lord, thank you. Um, for example, uh, if I'm praying through Philippians and, and Paul is talking about, you know, uh, pursuing, moving forward in the excellence and knowledge of Jesus Christ, I begin to pray, Lord, help me to do that. That's what I want for my life. Um, uh-huh. When he begins to say, you know, pray about everything with thanksgiving, oh, Lord, thank you for reminding me to pray with thanksgiving. So I think that you just simply, because that's communicating to the Lord. It's communicating to the Lord. He's speaking to you through the Word, and you can stop, and you can just kind of pray through the Word. So I think that keeps our prayer life very vital. And, um, you know, for me, it's exciting when the Lord shows me something in His Word. And also, being a pastor, uh, what can happen with pastors is their devotion time begins to drop off because they study so much of the Scripture. I mean, I spend hours every week studying the scriptures, but that is not my devotion time. So for me, for others, they're going to get out their concordant. You know, my wife, Sue, uh, she gets up early. She has devotion time. She's got her Warren Worsby. She's got, you know, um, she really kind of digs into it. For me, what's important for me to keep my devotion vital is just to read, to read through the scriptures, allow the Holy Spirit to talk to me, to minister to me, and then pray through it, just like you said, those truths, uh, those principles, those precepts that he gives to me and say, thank you, Lord. This is how I want to apply it in my life. Um, I don't want it just to be a reading exercise. Right, Lord, right. So as, as so, you're saying, like, you know, as I'm reading, I can actually just stop and, and, yeah. and, and uh, focus on, you know, whatever caught my attention in that psalm or that scripture, and I can actually stop and think about what it's telling me and then incorporate my thoughts into those prayers and still, you know, talk to the Lord and have my prayer with Him and my supplications just as I'm reading, though, right? I mean, it's not like I have to read and, you know, because, you know, as I read the scriptures, you know, I mean, there's a... There's a difference between my studying, which, you know, I do a lot of cross-referencing with the concordance. Right. But then my prayer life, you know, so, yeah, I see what you're saying. So that's, yeah. that's exactly what I needed to know, just how to incorporate my reading, you know, into my prayer life where, you know, I'm not just reading, but, you know, because my, my reading is separate from my prayer life. So, you know, I'll do my study for an hour, what right. have you. And then, you know, prior to me going and resting my head on the pillow, you know, I uh, do my prayer for a half hour or what have you. But I can actually just open my Bible and I can uh, go to Scripture and just incorporate it into my thought of what I'm reading. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the Psalms, you know, particularly, you know, when I'm going through just a hard time or difficult time or trying time, the uh-huh. Psalms bring so much comfort, and I love to just read the Psalms and say, thank you, Lord, um, you know, the things that are there. But any portion of Scripture, for me, it keeps it alive and vital, and, you know, it's communicating right. with God to be able to stop and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. You've touched my heart. Thank you to, for speaking to me about this. And um, so it isn't so mundane. I encourage people, listen, 
when a nice day uh, comes. Uh-huh. And I know we're in the middle of winter right now, but, you know, take a walk, take your pad, take your Bible. Uh-huh. And, you know, he promises that as we go to him and, and seek counsel of him, as we desire to draw close to him, that he's going to speak to us. Take take your Bible and just read it and allow the Lord to speak to you and get away. And I think that's what keeps our devotional life very vital. And, um, okay. you know, I don't know if I'm doing it right, but I know it works for me right, And okay. um, because I want to stay close to the Lord. And, you know, to have that place, you know, I have a place in my house where I go and it's very comfortable and I can just spend time with the Lord, but it may be, you know, in a sanctuary when I just have a little time. It may be in my car as I'm driving. Um, okay. I know I can go to the Lord anytime. And that's, okay, what's so and that's what I just want is something new. Because, you know, my prayer, like you said, you know, it can be mundane, praying, you know, the same things. And, you know, of course, you know, I pray for the meek, the, the pouring spirit and all that. But I wanted it to jump out at me more in my prayer, you know, because, it, like you said, it can be mundane and it could seem like rehearse or just over and over I'm praying for the same things. And I, I definitely pray with a sincere heart, but I wanted it to be, uh, I want it to be more interesting, you know, and more from the Lord. So, yeah, thank you. Okay, I just wanted to know. And and so, would you suggest? Because I was thinking the Psalms, you know, because the Psalms yeah. are like a book of prayers, right? From you know, yeah. There's there's five books in Psalms, and um, yeah. and you know, each one of the the books emphasize something and um you know some of them and just whatever to the... comes to my heart or my mind while i'm yeah uh, reading the psalms i mean i could just incorporate it into my thought yeah, pattern just... and like you said the lord will just open up my heart to pray yeah. you know that yeah. prayer or that scripture for whoever or whatever comes upon my heart and my mind yeah my mind. how he's showing you and and applying okay. it to your life all okay, right well, thanks thank you good very question much. i appreciate that all right, well, thank you, you for Lori. your ministry. I, lo- I love, I love oh. your simplicity, and it's just really great for me. Thank you. You bet, Leroy. You have a great, great All right. evening. Thank you. God bless you. You bet. Three zero three. You bet. Three zero three six nine zero three thousand is the number to call. Gary's been waiting. Gary, you're still with us. Yeah. Gary, how are yeah. you? Thanks I'm for holding. Sure. Good. You got a question for uh, me? Yes. In the book of Exodus, chapter 36, where they're talking about the instruction and how to build the ark, and uh, the mercy seat on top, uh, the instructions were about how to build the cherubs, create the cherubs, the angels, at either end. Right. Uh, and how they were to cover that area. So then in John uh, 20, chapter 20, um, Mary Magdalene looked into the tomb, and the angels were there, one at either end of the slab where Christ had been made. Right. And Christ had left, and his body was left behind. Because his spirit went. Is that right? No. Jesus, the very foundation of our faith 
is the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now, his grave clothes were left, but his body yeah. was gone. So there's a physical resurrection, and, and Gary, that's really important for us to understand because Jesus promised that he would bodily resurrect from the grave. And so it was a bottle, bodily resurrection um, that he rose from the grave. And in John chapter 20, as um, it was Mary that looked in, there was an angel on mm-hmm. each side, and the grave clothes were there. And I believe, I haven't turned to it yet, a handkerchief was set by its side. But Jesus bodily rose from the grave, uh, a bodily resurrection. You remember that as Jesus went and talked to the disciples, that it was Thomas that was a little doubtful. You remember doubting Thomas and all that. And Jesus said, touch me. I have flesh and bone. Um, You know, I'm not just a spirit. Don't you know that uh, a spirit doesn't have flesh and bone? He he said, you know, feel my hands, feel my, my side. So Thomas was feeling him. It was a bodily resurrection. Now, as far as the Ark of the Covenant, you know, the Ark of the Covenant was, as you said, um, in, in Exodus chapter 37, which is a box, and then the mercy seat on top with the cherubims. And the Lord said that I will meet with you between the cherubim. That's where the, the tangible presence of God was when the high priest went in once a year on the Day of Atonement to sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat to make atonement for the nation. And that mercy seat, the cherubim, represent uh, the throne room of God. Because when you look at Ezekiel's vision of heaven, when you uh, look at it, there's the cherubim, the, the, the fiery chariot and the, the seraphims, cherubims. They're like the guardians of the throne of God. So it's a picture of the presence of God. It's a picture of the throne of God uh, with the cherubim around. And so um, the Ark of the Covenant, of course, was the most holy of all the uh, furnishings in the tabernacle. And um, and that's where God met with his people. Now, I, I want to make some connections for you, Gary, because when Jesus hung on that cross and he died bodily, he gave up his ghost. It says in Matthew's Gospel that in the temple, that the veil that separated the holy place from the most holy place was rent into it, it tore in half. And as you can read the historical references, that that veil was like a, a foot thick. It tore from top to bottom. It tore, and then all of a sudden, think about this, those priests who never went into the Holy of Holies, all of a sudden they could see into the Holy of Holies. And that's important because only the high priest, once a year, for a short time, could go into the Holy of Holies after elaborate washings and cleansings. And I believe what was being told to us as as that veil was rent, that those priests could look in, that God was declaring, come on in, come into my presence. It's open house. No longer just a high priest, no longer just once a day, but now you can come into my presence anytime, stay as long as you want, any day. And that's what Hebrew talks about, that because of the blood of Jesus Christ, we have um, you know, um, boldness to come into with confidence, not our own confidence, but the confidence of Jesus Christ because what he did for you and for me. So Jesus rose bodily from the resurrection 
um, not spiritually, but bodily? Well, I believe that, but I don't know what happened. Well, <clears throat> we all believe that, I know. And I don't have any question about it, except is there any connection between those cherubs on that mercy seat, the cherubim, and the angels that were in the tomb? Could that have been any connection at all where they were protecting him while he was gone for that three days? Well, you got a description of the seraphims, um, you know, John, uh, Revelation chapter 4, you know, the, the seraphim, are, there's a debate, are they the same as the cherubims and all of this, the angelic beings um, that have six wings, you know, different faces and all of this. I don't see a connection that's there. Um, it doesn't tell us um, that, um, but I can see the picture, kind of what you're trying to get of the angels on both sides. Um, but, um, you know, I, I don't know if they're cherubs, um, seraphims. They seem to have uh, the angelic beings, the six wings, um, different faces, the description that's given to us in Ezekiel. So, you know, I would just encourage you to look at those texts and see if there's, you know, what you come up with and also Revelation chapter 4 as well. Uh, Does that help out? Is, yes, of course. And when Christ ascended, there were two, there were angels on each side of him then. Could those been those two angels that were in the tomb with him? I mean, who knows, but I mean... It, oh, it, yeah, it when he ascended up into heaven? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, just kind of look at it, but... You know, for me, the, the the main thing for me is, you know, um, that really is important for us to just grasp the importance of the resurrection. Because when he rose from the grave, um, he conquered sin and death. He proved that he was the Son of God that validated what he did on the cross and um, that he died for our sins. And he rose again. He conquered sin and death. And no one else has done that. No other religious leader. So... Um, those angels did, you know, ascend up with him. And um, so, um, you, you know, that's what we're told is he ascended up into heaven 40 days after, you know, his resurrection. So sound good, Isn't Gary? It so awesome. Isn't it so awesome that God is so thorough when he tore that yeah. curtain? I mean, you, you know. Yeah, he, exactly. He knows everything that should be done. <laughs> yeah, you know, exactly. And you know what, Gary? Here's something interesting as we're talking about, you know, in the book of Revelation, those four living creatures, and I think Ezekiel, um, you can do a little study on it, that um, those angelic beings had four different faces, right? They had the face yeah. of um, they had a face of a lion. They had the face of an ox, a, a face of a man, and a face of an eagle isn't it you talked about how god you know kind of correlates all that together when you go to the gospels there's four gospels right and yes. matthew wrote his gospel to show that jesus is the king of kings it, it was for it's for all of us to read but he real really zeroed in on the jewish audience because there's a lot of prophecy in there that jesus came and fulfilled this prophecy so the jewish reader could read it and say, how? He came and fulfilled those prophecies. So Matthew was written to show us that Jesus is the king of kings. And what's the what's the animal that's the 
king of kings as far as the animal lion. world. It's the lion, exactly. He wrote, Mark wrote his gospel to show that um, Jesus is the perfect servant. What's the servant animal? The ox. Ox. L- Luke wrote his gospel to show that Jesus is the perfect man. Luke is a Gentile. He was not one of the disciples. Dr. Luke, uh, who wrote Luke and the book of Acts, um, wrote to, sh- to the Gentile, to the Greek mind, that was all perf- you know, concerned about the perfect man, intellect, to show us that Jesus was the perfect man. And then John wrote his gospel to all audience to show us that Jesus is deity, and that's always symbolized in, in the Scripture. It is, in a lot of ways, the eagle. So you have these four living creatures with the face of an of a lion, uh, an ox, a man, and an eagle, uh, declaring to us Jesus is the king of all kings, he's the perfect man, he's the perfect servant, and he is God that came in human flesh. Isn't that cool? That is so cool. Yeah. So cool. So you can, you can kind of look at that and make those correlations, and, and, um, and you know, the Bible's just one harmonious message and i think that's kind of what you're starting to see um throughout the scriptures you know um and it's it's great to be able to make those connections yeah it is well my my question i guess was hypothetical in my mind i didn't know if there was some connection with the cherubs covering that and with christ being gone from the time he was and i i at the time assumed that Possibly his body was still, you know, was still there, and they were keeping us supple and no rigor yeah. mortis or whatever, you know, while he was gone. Right. But that was all right. wrong, I'm, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, and, you know, okay. he gave up the ghost when he was on the cross. He descended before he ascended. His body laid in that tomb for three days, but after three days, on the first day of the week, he rose bodily from the grave. So good question, Great Gary. Time. Appreciate you calling. All right. Thank you so much. Bye. You bet. You have a good evening. People are thinking, looking at the scriptures, and and it's great to be able to to see that. I just want to make a quick announcement um, that here at Calvary Chapel Greeley in this year, we'd love to have you come out uh, to our um, uh, study on Wednesday night. We're going through Proverbs, and we're just going through the Old Testament. And so uh, if you're in the Greeley area, Weld County, we'd love to have you come and join us for worship on Wednesdays, 7 o'clock, as we go through Proverbs, and we have dynamic children's ministry, nursery. We have youth groups that meet. It's just a wonderful, wonderful time. Come join us. And then also on Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11 o'clock, uh, children's ministry, nursery. You have middle schoolers that meet. And uh, we'd love to see you come out as we study Luke's Gospel and we have other studies as well, but I want to encourage you to continue to grow in the scriptures. And that's what we do here at Calvary Chapel Greeley. Just, you know, study the scriptures in the environment of love and um, encouraging people to just grow in the love and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so it's a blessing for me to be with you on this show and to be able to share these things with you as people are calling in. And uh, I want to encourage you uh, in your walk um, with the Lord. And, um, so uh, we're looking forward to being with you on uh, I am on Tuesdays and other times on Calvary Live. Uh, continue to listen to Grace FM Colorado, and uh, would love to 
have you just continue to grow in the Word of God. Wonderful, wonderful teachers. Uh, pray for the radio station, for Calvary Aurora, as they, um, you know, this is a ministry out, Calvary Chapel Aurora, and uh, I'm very grateful for them. And uh, as we just have another year uh, of wonderful, wonderful opportunities to reach others for the gospel and for the truth of God's word and tell people about this station and uh, show, you know, your support in prayer. Give your support as the Lord leads you. And uh, Lord has great things, I know, uh, as he uses Grace FM Colorado 89.7 uh, for, uh, you know, in northern Colorado uh, to to hit the airwaves with God's word and God's truth and God's gospel and then 101.7 down in southern Colorado. Well, we're getting to the end of our show. we got about a minute left. Um, I want to thank you all for calling in and um, and uh, and your encouragement and blessing. I want to just kind of close here as I pray for you. And as we start the new year, Father, I thank you for those who have called. And we just got a little bit of time left. Lord, I just pray that everyone who's driving, you get them home safely. And that the things that we talked about, talking about just growing in the Word of God and knowing you. And so, Lord, I just pray you bless everyone. Um, just uh, touch them with your heart, your word, your love. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Stay tuned to Grace FM Colorado. Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed is next. Thank you for listening to Calvary Live. Be sure to tell a friend about Grace FM.